Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look, style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe style can be fun and getting dressed should be easy. Before we get started, I want to remind you that by the time this episode airs, there will be less than two weeks left to get your fall capsule wardrobe guide. If you've been putting it off because it doesn't feel like fall yet where you are, or you just keep meaning to, but you're forgetting, don't wait anymore. You're going to be so sad if you miss this one. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com, learn more while you still can, and use code podcast to save $15 on your first capsule purchase. All right, today we are talking about shoes. Last fall, I sent out a question to my email subscribers and asked what their biggest style challenge was. A huge percentage of the responses I got back were questions about shoes, and I lost count of how many emails came back with just one word, shoes. Not, hi, Jennifer, shoes. Not, hey, I hope you're having a great day, shoes. Or my question is, shoes just shoes, sometimes with a question mark, sometimes with an exclamation point, sometimes just the word shoes. As it turns out, shoes are really tough. So today we're taking on shoes and dropping some knowledge to help you have more fabulous footwear. I almost called this episode Shoes Part One because there's so much to cover. I know I can't possibly tackle it all in one episode, but since I don't know when or what it'll be about, this is just Shoes 101. Will there be more episodes on the topic later? Probably, but no guarantees. Also, today I am talking about my favorite fabric in the word of the week. And in philosophy, I'm sharing an important mindset shift you might need to make. Before we do all that, though, let's check your homework from the last episode. Did you do it? In case you forgot, the last time we were together, I challenged you to pull out all of your super summary, seasonally inappropriate, not going to wear it again stuff hanging in your closet. Now, I realize that there has been a heat wave camped out over a good part of the country and it doesn't feel like fall yet, but there are some things that probably look like they were meant for the 4th of July or beach vacations. It's time to move those things to another part of the closet or into storage. And once you do that, it makes the bigger change out of seasons a lot easier if you do it piece by piece. So if you didn't do it, there is still time. Go back and listen to the last episode if you want more advice on how to change out your closet for the season. All right, let's kick it off as we always do with lessons from Linda. Today's Linda shares the story of one of my most fun, most adorable, most frustrating clients of all time. Linda called me because, well, honestly, I don't really know why Linda called me. Years later, I still can't figure it out. She saw me speak at an event and called me to book the whole package, which meant closet editing and then shopping together. On my pre-service questionnaire, which I've talked a lot about on the show, I asked clients to describe their style for me. Linda simply wrote, Linda style. 
Of course, she wrote her own name, but you know how we roll around here. We call everybody Linda. You get the idea. Since I had no idea what Linda style is, I went in a little bit blind. When I got to her house and got set up in her room, she told me she didn't want to try on anything. She knew everything fit and she loved the way it all looked. Great. So I asked her what she wanted to do with our time together and she said she wanted to make outfits. Okay, great. We can do that. I started my usual, okay, well, you could wear this jacket with these pants kind of thing. And she'd say, no, I wear that jacket with this skirt. It feels more like Linda style. Fair enough. We did this for a couple of hours and got rid of a few things, made a couple of new outfits, and we made a short list of pieces her closet needed. We made a plan to shop together. So when we met at the mall a couple weeks later, we really quickly knocked out like the three or four pieces that she absolutely needed. And then we had a little more than two and a half hours left. Linda said she wanted just to add some fun things to her closet. I should mention Linda's closet was full of air quotes, fun things. So we hit the stores because that's what she wanted to do. Each of us picking pieces like I do with my clients. I'd hold something up and I'd say, hey, what about this? And she'd say, no, I don't like that. I'd ask why, because learning what doesn't work helps me get to what does work very quickly. Each time I'd ask that, she'd say, "Ah, it's just not Linda style. I'd try again and hear, nope, not Linda style. I asked her to describe Linda style for me and she said, I'll know it when I see it. As you can imagine, that didn't give me very much to go on. She was super frustrated with me. I could feel it. And unfortunately, the feeling was getting pretty mutual. When we ended our session, she left with a few necessities chosen by me and a few cute things all picked by her. I don't think I have ever worked so hard or been so unsuccessful at trying to figure out what a client wants or likes. As usual, there are two things I want you to take away from my experience with this, Linda. First of all, having your own personal style and having a closet full of things that make you happy is a very, very good thing. I wish I had more clients like that. Linda had so much fun with her clothes, and that is the most important thing here. I loved that Linda had a true personal style. But the second lesson is that when you're working with any professional, whether it's a wardrobe stylist or your hairstylist or the person who mows your lawn, being super clear about what your needs and wants are and being able to communicate them is really important. Take the time to clarify for yourself and to the professional what your goals are and give the person you've invested in enough information to do the job well. You'll get more out of your investment and have a much more successful experience if you do. All right, let's move on to our word of the week. Today's vocabulary word is ponte. Let me repeat ponte. It is spelled P-O-N-T-E and it is pronounced ponte. You do not have pont pants. You do not have point pants. You do not have pointy pants. Well, maybe you do, but that's a totally different issue. You have ponte pants. This is my favorite word because it's my favorite fabric. And this was going to be the very first vocabulary word of my whole podcast back when I was launching in January and then February. And then, well, you you see how this is going. By the time I got the courage together to actually put this podcast out, the weather was warm and this word wouldn't have been as timely. But here it is, Ponty. Ponty is a fabric. It's actually short for Ponty de Roma. Because it's a fabric, you can have ponty pants, ponty skirts, ponty jackets, ponty dresses. You can make any garment out of ponty. 
Conti is a knit fabric. So if you go all the way back to episode three, when I talk about knits versus wovens in our vocabulary lesson, you'll know that knits have stretch and movement to them, which makes Ponte pieces very, very comfortable to wear. Ponte is a blend of polyester, nylon, and spandex, or sometimes rayon, nylon, and spandex. This is important because often pieces aren't labeled as Ponte. It doesn't always say it on the website. So you need to know the fabric blends to know if what you're looking at is Ponte, or if you're looking for that fabric, you got to be able to read the label to know what it is. Ponte comes in different weights and thicknesses, and not all Ponte is created equal. Some are better quality than others. Now, if you notice, there is no cotton in this fabric. Cotton blends often fade and lose their shape over time, which Ponte doesn't do because it has no cotton. This is one of the first, most important things that I love about this fabric. It keeps its shape and it also keeps its color. But here's also why I love this fabric, especially in pants. It feels like yoga pants, but looks like dress pants. Isn't that the greatest thing in the entire world? Yes. When I want to be more comfortable than jeans, but I still want to look nice, I reach for my Ponte pants. When I want to be comfortable in a dress, but I don't want to look too casual like in a sweatshirt dress, Ponte dresses to the rescue. It's such an easy way to look a little bit more polished without sacrificing any comfort. And I wear my jean style Ponte pants probably more than any other item in my wardrobe because they're so comfortable and they can literally go just about anywhere that I go. If you add one piece to your wardrobe this fall, add a pair of Ponte pants, a dress, a skirt, or a blazer. I bet you will find a new go-to item. If you're like, I can't figure out what this looks like, I can't figure out what this fabric is all about, head over to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com, podcast episode 16, to see examples of Ponte pieces available right now. You will not regret putting this fabric in your wardrobe. And now it's time for philosophy. If you are on my email list or you follow me on Instagram, you saw me post about this last week, but I want to chat about it just a little bit more here in case you're not in one of those two places. I want everybody to hear this. This week's bit of philosophy comes from yours truly. Here's what I want you to think about this week. Are you ready? All right. You do have time to get dressed. That's it. You do have time to get dressed. I talk to women a lot and I hear about their challenges and their barriers to loving the way they look. And I've had a lot of women say to me over the, over the years, I just don't have time to get dressed. But not one of the women who's ever said that to me has been naked. Nope. They have all been fully clothed, but they have convinced themselves that they don't have time to get dressed. Here's the deal, friends. Putting on an outfit that makes you feel frumpy and blah and uninspired takes exactly the same amount of time that putting on an outfit that makes you smile, stand up straighter, and check yourself out in the mirror one more time does. What women mean by I don't have time to get dressed is I don't have time to figure out what to wear to make me feel the way I want to feel today. What you don't have time for is digging through a closet full of nothing to wear to come up with something that makes you feel fabulous. What you don't have time for is endless, fruitless shopping, only to buy six more black and gray safe t-shirts that look exactly like the ones you already have. What you don't have time for is trying on 10 outfits, wondering if they look right or even go together. What you don't have time for is to pick up those 10 outfits off the floor every night and put them back. 
don't confuse those things with having time to get dressed. If you have a plan of what to wear, if you know everything in your closet works together and everything you own fits, flatters, and looks amazing on you, getting dressed is actually quite easy. If you don't have a plan, make one. If you don't have time to make a plan or you don't know how, let the capsule guides do the work for you. It's time to stop saying that you don't have time. One more thing. Every woman spends some time on her appearance. You can spend it at the beginning of the season, figuring out how you want to look, what you need to buy and how it goes together. Or you can spend it in smaller chunks every single morning, having the same stress spiral of, I have nothing to wear. I look terrible in everything. I should just stay home. I don't have time for this. In the end, you're probably going to spend the same amount of time. In one though, you'll like the way you look and have better days. In the other, you'll just tell people you didn't have time to get dressed. It's totally up to you. All right, when we come back, we're talking about shoes. Friends, like I told you at the beginning of the show, there are less than two weeks left until the fall capsule guide goes into the vault for good. This season, I've added a replay of the Summer Masterclass, which teaches you everything you need to know about finding jeans that fit, flatter, and don't fall down. If you're tired of jeans that sag and bag and make you feel frumpy, this is the season to do something about it. You can have jeans that make you feel like a million bucks, and this style masterclass will help you do it. So just to recap, for $47, you get the fall capsule wardrobe guide that shows you what to buy, where to buy it, and how to put it all together to create over 150 outfits. You also get access to the capsule community with extra links, weekly Q&As with me, and monthly wardrobe challenges. Plus, you get two style masterclasses. This season, during the fall, I am tackling how to find your best colors, but you also get to watch the summer masterclass on denim. There is so much value this season that even if you don't follow the capsules, which frankly, a lot of women in the community don't, you're still going to get your money's worth. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com, grab your capsule guide before it goes away September 30th, and don't forget to use code podcast to save $15. We are back and ready to talk all things shoes. Friends, if you take one thing away from today's discussion, I want it to be this. Shoes define your style. Say it with me. Shoes define your style. You can have a basic outfit with amazing shoes and you've got a great outfit. You can have an amazing outfit with super frumpy shoes and you've got a frumpy outfit. I've had women argue this point with me and say things like, well, my shoes don't define my style because I don't have shoes I love. Well, no, this is true whether you want it to be or not. So make sure that the shoes on your feet are not just an afterthought. Think of a woman who you know with great style. Chances are very good she's got great shoes. If you want to up your style, start with the shoes. All right, today we're going to be discussing where to find comfortable shoes, what shoes you need in your wardrobe, and what shoes to pair with which different outfits. The shoe question I get asked most often is, where do I find comfortable shoes? So let's start there. It's important to understand the difference between comfort shoes and comfortable shoes. 
I know it's a little distinction, but it's actually pretty big. Comfort shoes are shoes that are designed to be comfortable. They have more structure and more support, and they're created with the mechanics of the foot in mind first, and then the aesthetics. Comfort brands include things like Vionic, Abeo, Taryn Rose, Dansko. Um, I will put a whole bunch of my favorite comfort brands on the website in the show notes for you to check out. The challenge with comfort shoes is that they usually have a comfort aesthetic that typically isn't sleek and chic, and they almost always have a steep price tag. But if you've got challenging feet and need shoes built for comfort, this is where you've got to start. And to my girls with challenging feet, I have been in your shoes, no pun intended, And I want to tell you, you can find cute shoes that work for you. You might not be able to walk into DSW or Macy's or TJ Maxx and find fantastic shoes right off the rack for $29.99, but you can find shoes that are stylish and meet your specific foot's needs. It might take extra effort, but it is so worth it. All right. So that is comfort shoes. Now let's talk about comfortable shoes. When women say, where do I find comfortable shoes? What they usually mean is cute shoes that don't hurt my feet. The challenge with this is that everyone's feet are totally different. And what one person finds comfortable, you may not. Comfortable shoes are completely subjective to the wearer. You know, in my groups, we talk about shoes like Rothy's and Teak's a lot. And for every person who says they're the most comfortable shoes ever, there's someone else who's saying, nope, they hurt my feet. A few years ago in the Everyday Style Lounge, women were discussing comfortable ballet flats. I'm always on the lookout for comfortable ballet flats. Someone said that the Katie and Kelly brand or Kate. Kelly and Katie, Katie and Kelly, I don't know, uh, brand at DSW is super comfortable. The next time I was at DSW, I decided to give them a try. Put my foot right into the ballet flat and my toes were cramped. The heel was slipping and the leather rubbed right across my big toe in a way that was excruciating from the first step. They were the least comfortable ballet flats I'd ever had on my feet. Now, was the woman in the Everyday Style Lounge crazy for calling Kelly and Katie ballet flats comfortable? No, not at all. Because for her and for her feet, they were. No one can tell you what shoes are going to be comfortable on your feet. This is one area where you've got to put in the work and try them on to see what works for you. You can read reviews all day long. You can ask questions. But in the end, you got to put them on your feet. Now, the second frequently asked shoe question I get is, what shoes do I need in my wardrobe? This is actually a really tough question because, again, just like comfortable shoes, it's completely subjective. I was trying to figure out even where to start with this question. So I hit up my friend Google and searched, must have women's shoes. I must have looked at 10 or 15 different lists, and not one of them made any mention of the fact that it really depends on where you go, what you do, what your style is like, nothing. All it was was a list of five or 10 or 20 or 30 shoes every woman absolutely can't live without. The first shoe on almost every list was the classic black pump. Can I let you in on a little secret? I don't own classic black pumps, and yet I managed to survive and dress myself just fine. This is why I have issues with must-have lists in general and why I encourage women to come up with their own must-haves so you end up with things you'll actually wear. 
Now, for that reason, I'm not going to give you the list of shoes you must have because I could give you a list of 100 shoes and there would be 100 people saying, nope, I don't need that one. Nope, I wouldn't wear that one. So instead, I'm going to tell you the categories of shoes that you need to fill in your wardrobe. Keep in mind, you may need more than one in each category, and you may need to fill the same category for different seasons. The more of your life you spend in each category, the more shoes you should have for that category. Also, the colors and styles you put in will depend on your taste and your comfort level and and what's already in your closet. There definitely is overlap in some of the categories. And the more you can make a pair of shoes work for more than one category while still maintaining the style you want to project and the appropriateness of the event, the more efficient your wardrobe is going to be. But here are the six categories of shoes your wardrobe needs. The first one is super casual. I know that's a really technical term, super casual. I'm thinking about what you would wear to the park or a pumpkin patch during the fall or just for running errands. We're talking sneakers, flip-flops, Crocs, Uggs. These are things you would wear with jeans and a t-shirt, shorts and a tank, athleisure clothes, super casual. Now, the second category is casual. It's where just a little step up. We're looking at things that are a little bit more polished. We're looking at activities that are a little dressier, maybe lunch with a friend, a casual office, days that you just want to look a little bit nicer. Shoes in this category would be flats and loafers, cute sandals, booties, tall boots. I'm thinking of things that we would wear with jeans and a beyond basic knit top, as we like to say in the capsule community, or a blouse, maybe a casual dress and leggings chinos and a chambray shirt, maybe shorts and a cute top. It's still casual, but it's just a little bit more put together than our super casual category. Then our third one is dressy. For this, I'm thinking work, church, daytime wedding, dressier night out, things that you would really dress up for um, and wear more of a formal dress or a suit, dress pants and a blouse. This is where those classic black pumps would probably come in. So think heels, dress booties, dressy sandals, wedges. If you absolutely can't wear heels or wedges, find the dressiest flat you can, knowing you're going to be giving up a few style points. Our next category is special occasion. These are shoes for formal or cocktail events or for evening weddings. Anytime you would get really dressed up, if there's sparkle and shine involved, we're in the special occasion category. A lot of women get this category wrong and say, I won't be wearing them wrong, so it doesn't matter if they're a little uncomfortable. And these are the girls you see holding their shoes while dancing at a wedding. These shoes are usually strappy, heeled, sparkly, bejeweled, and you probably don't need as many of them as you think you do. I see a ton of unworn special occasion shoes in closets. In my opinion, this is a great place to go neutral so that you can wear them with a lot of different things. Our next category is weather specific. This one is pretty straightforward. Snow boots, rain boots, water slash beach shoes. There's a quote that says, there is no bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. So if you live in a climate where weather is a thing that affects what you wear, don't be afraid to invest a little bit more in your weather specific shoes. Finally, activity specific. These are things like your running shoes, your hiking shoes, um, gardening clogs. I don't actually consider these to be a part of your wardrobe. I think of them more as sporting goods, but they're shoes, so we'll talk about them. Those are the six categories that you need to fill and how many you need of each or what colors or what styles. That is totally up to you. 
Last but not least, let's talk about what shoes to wear with what outfits. This is a big, big topic to tackle, and there's no way I could possibly list every shoe type with every pant type. So I'm going to talk a little bit about length and then how to match your shoes to your outfit. So let's talk about length first and talk about boot cut and trouser pants. This is the most challenging pant to pair with different shoes. And I'm convinced this is why ankle and skinny pants have gone as strong as they have for as long as they have. Boot cut and trouser cut pants should end one quarter to one half inch from the floor in the back with shoes on. This is the key part, with shoes on. That gives a nice break where the fabric creases in the front, showing the front of your shoes. What this means is if you are somebody who wears heels one day and flats the next, you're going to need pants that are hemmed to different lengths. Back when bootcut jeans were, you know, the big thing, like 2004-ish, women who shopped at the boutique chain I was working for used to buy two of the exact same pair of jeans, one to leave long for heels and one to hem for flats. Wider leg pants that are too short but not actually ankle pants look silly, and wider leg pants that are too long and drag on the floor make you look stumpy and sloppy. This is not a good look. So my recommendation is if you are wearing this kind of pant, sort of settle on a heel height and have your pants tailored to that heel height. The next one is straight cut pants, and these are a little bit easier to pair with a variety of shoes, but because they don't usually fit over booties and they often don't break over the foot nicely, they just kind of slouch all around and look a little dumpy, you're better off going a little bit shorter and showing most of the shoe. This is sort of a trendy length in menswear right now, and you can kind of picture it if you think about about how men are wearing their pants. The whole shoe is showing maybe a little bit of pattern sock, but the pants aren't ankle length. Be careful that your straight cut pants don't look too short, like you couldn't decide if they were ankle pants or regular length pants. Straight leg pants can be worn with most types of shoes, but like I said, booties often don't work well. If you're okay showing some skin, you can really wear any other kinds of shoes. Now, if you're a fan of socks and warm feet, straight cut pants are great paired with shoes that have a higher vamp. Remember, the vamp is the front of the shoe that covers the top of your foot. I'm talking about like a higher vamp loafer, an Oxford. Skip the socks and ballet flats with straight legs. We don't want to see sock and ballet flats. And then we've got ankle pants, and these are by far the easiest to pair with different shoes. In fact, they are perfect for showing off your shoes. Ankle pants look best when they hit right above the ankle bone. They also look great with pretty much any style of shoe. And if your ankle pants are skinny, you can tuck the pants into taller boots. Really, the only tricky shoe with ankle pants is booties. Ideally, you would have a sliver of skin showing between the hem of your pants and the top of the booty with no sock showing. Of course, everyone always wants to know how to wear booties in the winter when you don't want to freeze. So let's talk about that real quick. I don't hate socks that show with booties and jeans. I actually think it's kind of cute. And I'm going to put a link on the show notes so you can see what I am talking about. But this look has to be intentional. We're not talking about showing two inches of black trouser socks or letting your white ankle socks peek out of your booty. Have a little fun with it. Show a hint of pattern or color or texture. 
I saw a woman in the airport in New York last winter who was wearing camo chinos, lace-up booties, almost a combat boot style, and thick, chunky, oatmeal-colored socks. The look was super cute and a great way to wear a pair of pants that I had put away when it was too cold to show my ankles. That's why I remember this outfit because I thought, oh, I can get home and dig those back out. Keep in mind, this is a really casual look. It does not work for the office. If you can't find booties and pants that work together to minimize skin showing and you're in a cold climate, it's time to put those pants away until the weather warms up. Go for a fuller, longer leg pant that covers your ankles. Finally, I want to share how to match your shoes to your outfit. I'm doing the match in air quotes. I strongly believe that there are no rules and you should wear whatever makes you happy. But I know that lots of women want some guidelines to make life easier, so I am happy to help. There are a lot of factors to consider about matching shoes to your outfit, like heel height, pant length we just talked about, and the level of dressiness. But today, I want to share how to pick the best color shoes to work with your outfit. Choose shoes, this is a really easy one to remember, choose shoes that match your skin, your hem, your top, or your accessories. If you are a visual person, head to the show notes. I've got a picture up there that shows exactly what I'm talking about, but let's break it down. First of all, match your shoes to your skin. Everyone should have a pair of nude-to-you shoes in their closet. They go with everything. Now, I know I said I was not a must-have person, but you can have a casual nude-to-you, you you can have a dressy, whatever, but everyone should have a nude-to-you pair of shoes in their closet. If you are wearing crops or ankle pants, shorts or skirts, matching your shoe to your skin tone will make your legs look longer. There won't be that color break, and so the leg will just appear to look a lot longer. Also, wearing a shoe with a low vamp will help a lot. Add a little heel and suddenly you are Heidi Klum. Moving up a little bit, you can match your shoes to your hem. This is simple. Match the shoe to the color of your pants, dress, shorts, skirt, whatever's on the bottom of your outfit. If you're wearing full-length pants, matching your hem to your shoes will do the leg lengthening thing. Next up is your top. I think we can all understand what I'm talking about here. Whatever colors are in your top, put them on your feet. And your accessories. I think a pair of understated metallic shoes are also a great neutral to have. If you wear a lot of silver, try cool metallics like silver or a darker pewter. If you wear gold, go for warm metallics like gold and bronze. Keep the shine to a minimum so it looks expensive. I have a pair of silver sandals and a pair of gold flats that have been lifesavers when nothing else in the outfit seems to look right. You throw on a gold necklace or some gold bracelets and all of a sudden your shoes tie in perfectly. Finally, you can add a pop of color to your outfit if you're feeling bold. If you've got on a chambray shirt and white jeans, a bright yellow mule or a leopard print flat would look amazing. But your basic black go-to shoes do not count as a pop of color. That is cheating. All right, this week I've got some fun homework for you. I want you to build your outfit around your shoes two or three days this week. Choose your most stylish shoes that are appropriate for the day's activities so you can wear them all day, and then create an outfit worthy of your cute shoes. See if starting at the bottom boosts your style. 
Now, if you don't have any good-looking, stylish shoes for the way you really live, you've got different homework. Go get a pair. Remember, your everyday shoes matter. Shoes define your style. So choose shoes that are right for the way you really live. If you are somebody who stays home with your kids and you live a very, very casual lifestyle, those leopard stilettos might be super duper fun, but let's face it, you're probably not going to wear them all that often. So choose cute shoes for the way you really live. That is it, everyone. We have got a special bonus episode coming up next that I think you are going to love. And don't forget to get your capsule guide while you still can. I really want you to have style you love, and I really want to help you get there. So head to the website, grab it. Don't forget to use podcast to save $15, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.